Hello and welcome to Talos Takes. I'm Hazel Burton here to sub in again for my colleague, John. Uh, today, we're going to be speaking to one of Talos's incident commanders, Nate, uh, Nate Pause, who is part of our Cisco Talos incident response group. Uh, we'll be talking about a specific incident with one of our customers that Nate was involved in helping to find a solution for. Um, but we'll, we'll also talk more about how our incident commanders are generally involved in incidents, both when it comes to helping our customers plan for them and also when they're working side by side with them during an emergency. So welcome to Talos Takes, Nate. How are you doing today? Thanks, Hazel. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on here. Always a pleasure to chat. Awesome. So aside from Incident Commander being the coolest sounding job title at Talos, <laughs> um, could you talk about you know your role and, uh, and what it tends to involve? Yeah, sure thing. Um, it is a cool job title. I love it. Um, in reality, a lot of it's very administrative um, and which makes things smooth for our customers. So of course, as the headline suggests, we lead incidents. Um, we take care of incident response for our customers. We set up the plan for forensics. We help the customer achieve containment um, and whatever other tailored objectives are appropriate for their incident. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't think about about this role is the significant amount of preparation that goes into it. Um, might surprise you to learn that only about 20% of my time per week actually goes into incident response proper. A lot of the rest of the time goes into two elements of preparation. One is self-preparation uh, for myself and my team, making sure that we're game time ready. Um, what that means is doing courses, doing preparation on the back end, whatever we need to do, because we recognize that our adversaries are always learning. So, so do we. Um, we need to make sure that when the customer calls, we're up on the latest vulnerabilities. Uh, we're understanding current adversary attack vectors, um, consuming our own intelligence, intelligence from other providers, all that sort of stuff. Then the other element of preparation is making sure that our customers are ready to go. Um, while we can cope with pretty much any amount of chaos, we like to minimize that as much as possible. And the way we do that is through training. Uh, we can set our partners up with cyber ranges, anything of that type. Um, we can do it through um, custom training of the customer through tabletop exercises. We can set up uh, incident response plans, incident response playbooks, help with pen testing, pretty much anything you can imagine we do to ensure that once the customer gets into the hot seat in an incident, they have the best possible preparation and therefore the best possible chance of a very favorable outcome. Yeah, absolutely. I love that that um, training time is hardwired and non-negotiable. Um, I know like other people in the security industry whose jobs, you know, they're, they involve so much that training can sometimes kind of fall down the list, but you know, that 20%, it's, it's there, non-negotiable. And, um, it really kind of helps you and the whole team be as prepared as possible for whatever our customers have to face. That's really, really great to hear. Um, now, we're going to be talking about the specific incident with one of our customers that I mentioned. I just want to give you, um, our listeners, a bit of, a bit of background. Uh, so the customer in question is a company called Veridime. It's an integrated data systems and services company that helps healthcare stakeholders improve the quality, efficiency, and value of healthcare delivery. So they have a huge partner network, uh, and their stakeholders include biopharma, health plans, healthcare providers, um, and network partners. Uh, and most importantly, it's all about protecting the patients that they serve. So there's a full interview with the CISO of Veridime, Jeremy Maxwell, on the Security Stories podcast, uh, which we will link to in the show notes. So let's get into this particular incident, Nate. Um, can you 
maybe describe the relationship that we have with Veridime. They have an incident response uh, retainer with us. What sort of um, you know involvement do we have, and um, how, on you know, on a general level, do we help them uh, on an ongoing basis? Yeah. Um, so they're one of our oldest customers, uh, if I recall correctly. They've been with us since 2017, which is actually well before I joined Palos IR itself. So pre-existing relationship, great customer. Um, and like us, they believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. So um, we're thrilled that we have a chance to partner with them to talk about uh, one of their incidents and talk about, in particular, their preparation and readiness to assist the entire security community. We love to do that. We love to see that. Like you're describing, and I've described as well, their preparation with us has started since that 2017 start date. Um, we did a tabletop exercise with them. We helped them set up their incident response plan. And then we've continuously tested um, that incident response plan through a number of incidents that we've helped them through, as well as they, they are a consumer of our intelligence on demand product, um, which sometimes doesn't rise to the level of an incident itself. But if they want to know more about an adversary or a uh, particular indicator, uh, they can come to us for a little bit of help with that. It's been a great relationship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, Jeremy does talk about the tabletop exercises in particular that the um, Talos IR team have helped him prepare for um, and conduct with a variety of stakeholders within the organization. Um, we're actually going to play a short clip um, of Jeremy in this interview. Um, he in this clip, he is talking about an incident that took place earlier this year whereby um, our team's emergency services were needed. So just to give you some context behind this incident, we'll play this uh, clip for you now. And yeah, th this one particular incident, um, you know, happened, you know, uh, you know, some number of months ago. Um, yeah, and it really involved an attempted intrusion into one of our development environments began you know as as most things do right you know both uh through through phishing in this particular uh you know incident it was you know a you know particular you know phishing uh message that was you know particularly crafted um you know in, in an attempt to you know get someone from specifically from paradigm to to click right you know kind of a spear phishing type of uh type of attack so you know we had a user that you know clicked on the the message um, and then, you know, we, you know, immediately received some alerts from, uh, Cisco AMP. And, uh, you know, at that point, yeah, the, the game was afoot as they say, right. So Nate, with regards to that incident, um, I would love to hear your side of things. I think this is something that we don't really talk about enough. Uh, and that is like how incident commanders such as yourself are able to jump in and immediately get to grips with an incident in motion. So could you tell me about like your role during the incident? Yeah, absolutely. So I had the pleasure of being the incident commander for that incident, which means uh, when they called, I was leading the on-call team and we ha I had a couple of forensic consultants as well working with me and support from our um, TI and I, our intelligence folks. So we were able to bring a lot of, uh, we'll call it a fusion of resources to uh, the incident. Now, when we got the call, of course, um, they were already well in progress of responding to the incident. Uh, Jeremy got us up to speed on what was going on, which was that they were already very much on the path to containment. Uh, but he said, hey, we, we'd like some additional resources and an additional perspective uh, just to make sure we're doing everything we can. Um, very unique situation in the sense that um, the adversary was doing a couple different things at once. And I was very impressed to see that Veridime 
was actually splitting forces and countering everything the adversary was trying to do at the same time. We often see customers run after the ball with all of their resources and neglect some other area of incident response. They had already done a great job of apportioning their resources to combat this adversary on all fronts, which is often a key part of my job. So while I, well, I'm not going to say I was unnecessary, <laughs> it was great to see that um, the team was already succeeding even before we got into the environment. So we were able to help them fine tune their strategy a little bit, provide some recommendations, do a little additional digging and help them get over the goal line quickly. Yeah. So you're the, uh, the, you're the person that comes in at the end of the movie and takes all of the credit. Most of all, <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> no, no. I'm I'm like, the, the yeah. celebrity cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm joking, but um, you know, what you were just like describing there about how, um, you know, Veridine were able to go after multiple tracks and multiple uh, I guess, red flags that something might have happened uh, at the same time. It did kind of make me think about like a detective, um, you know, uh, movie where there's like red herrings here, there and everywhere, but they're able to kind of follow all of them and kind of figure out, okay, no, that's an exactly that leads us onto this bit and to, to kind of the finally successful uh, solution, which you come and take credit for. <laughs> um, so, Obviously, the, um, this incident, uh, it came to a very successful uh, conclusion very, very speedily. Um, and I was wondering whether we could maybe talk about some of the main reasons as to why that was. Why was the incident so um, speedily contained, given the nature of it? Yeah. So I'm just going to harken back to what I said at the start of this chat about prior preparation being the key. Um, they, they understood their environment, their uh, responders were comfortable and familiar uh, with their roles, and they had great familiarity with their tools. Oftentimes, we see a tendency of customers to just throw money at a problem, bring in solutions from fast-talking salespeople, uh, put them in, and then not really understand how to use them. But it was clear that the Veridime team had put in the time, done their homework, understood how the tools work, so they were able to use them to effectively uh, contain and eradicate this incident. Um, like I said, they, their preparation also allowed them to task organize to different objectives. So one team saying, hey, go here, look at root cause. The other team, because the adversary didn't give up, once they started noticing they were getting um, attacked, they were able to say, hey, we're going to go here and we're going to contain what this adversary is continuing to try to do, basically foil their attempts to get back in. Um, so they were able to accomplish all of these objectives at the same time and the net result of all this prior preparation and good focus was that they were able to squash an attack in a matter of days that we would typically see weeks uh, in in terms of timeline to contain and remediate. Yeah, no, that that's great. And one of the key things that I took away from the interview with Jeremy was how clear and focused he is uh, or, or his team are whenever a an incident does occur. Um, and they have four key questions that they need answering. Um, and they have specific groups who are designated to answering these four questions, which is how did they get in? What did they do? What did they take? Um, are they still in? And how could they get in again if they were to try another time? I was wondering, because uh, you know, Jeremy talked a little bit about this, where, where, do, where do you fit in with answering those questions or helping to answer those questions? Yeah, so the... Those are great focuses, and um, I will commend Jeremy and his team for organizing those. Oftentimes with, we'll call it, uh, less mature security programs in other customers, 
will come in and the customer will just say, we need help. We don't know how we need help. We don't need where, we don't know where we need help. And that's okay. Uh, I'm perfectly comfortable taking it from square one, but having Jeremy say, all right, here's what we know related to these four objectives. Here's where your team can snap in with our program and help us. Mm -hmm. uh, that's amazing. That, that does have my job for me in that objective setting. Uh, related to those four, four specifically, I'll just talk about our general capabilities. I don't want to go too much in depth on the exact details of the incident itself. But in terms of how they get in root cause, which is kind of an umbrella term, but in this case, it, it does encompass that. Um, that is one of the classic things we analyze. Customers always want to know, and rightly so, how did the adversary get in? Which also speaks to the fourth objective, how can they get back in? If nothing's changed, you know, they'll just come back in the exact same way and you're back to square one. So it's key to find and uh, remove that weakness uh, that the adversary may have exploited. Um, what did they do and what did they take are kind of related. Uh, we'll take a ransomware attack for, uh, as an example. Um, what did they do? They might have encrypted data. What did they take? They might have gotten that data out of the environment before they encrypted it. Classic uh, double threat or double extortion ransomware. Um, they're saying both, we have destroyed your data so you can no longer operate as a business. And also, we're going to release your data to the public so even if you continue to operate as a business, your intellectual property might be gone, you might be in breach of contract because of data disclosure, your business will have taken a reputational hit, uh, all that sort of thing. Um, so in, in this hypothetical example of a ransomware attack, um, that, that is how those two questions would be answered and that's how my team would approach answering them. Go through all those logs, see what we can see about adversary activity, see what we can see about data that might have been taken and put that piece together and advise the customer properly in that sort of scenario. And then the last question, are they still in and how could they get back in? Um, we, we talked a little bit about how could they get back in. Remediating the root cause vulnerability is a key part of it. You know, whether that's human enabled or a technology weakness, getting that squared away is important. Um, and of course, you want to make sure they're evicted. Although my experience is over the course of answering the rest of the questions, that question tends to answer itself organically. You eventually start seeing where the adversary might still be and how you can boot them out of the environment. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Nate, and providing me with uh, so many great insights um, on behalf of uh, the team. Um, for our listeners, if you want more from the Incident Response team, uh, do check out their latest report. It's the Q2 Quarterly Trends Report, which speaks to growing threat actor trends uh, and also tools and tactics. So you can learn about why we're seeing a rise in data theft extortion. Uh, that's one of the key trends and also what we're seeing in the ransomware landscape. Um, if you uh, would like to learn more about the Talos Incident Response Services, or if you are experiencing an incident yourself, all of the details to get in touch with us is on talosintelligence.com. Um, and finally, do check out the interview with Jeremy Maxwell from Varadine, uh, that is on the Security Stories podcast. And he has uh, so many great insights into the exercises that his company does to prepare for cybersecurity incidents. He wanted to talk about that um, so that other companies and other defenders could learn from what they do. Um, so both of those resources will be in the show notes. So uh, with that, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time on Talos Takes.